Welcome to Cliffs and Fences, the intersection of public health, policy, and healthcare. My name is Jared Ormsby, and join me as I sit down with medical professionals across the globe to discuss topics ranging from your personal health to reinventing how healthcare is delivered. Each episode is designed with the goal to make understanding health an easy-to-digest process. If you like what you hear, consider subscribing to our channel and sharing it with those you know. If you have questions or want us to cover a specific topic, feel free to email the show at cliffsandfencespodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Joining me now is Dr. Nicholas Moss. Uh, Dr. Moss is our public health officer over Alameda County. Uh, he's had extensive experience in uh, public health, and prior to joining Alameda County, he worked uh, worked as a director of clinical prevention in the HIV prevention uh, section of San Francisco Department of Public Health. Dr. Moss, how are you doing today? Uh, doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Um, I was telling Dr. Moss that I was very excited to have him on today. Uh, uh, many of the listeners are Alameda County residents and are curious about um, this new criteria that came out for the masks. Um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the success that Alameda County has had um, with vaccinations. I mean, I think we're at uh, maybe two or three, top two or three counties in the country uh, for vaccines uh, being uh, distributed. And I want to start off on that. Let's talk about how did Alameda County, um, if I, if my numbers are correct, looking at the the, the data on uh, the website, uh, twelve years and older, fully vaccinated, eighty six point nine, so nearing eighty seven percent. How did we get there? Well, first of all, you know it's really the hard work of people in communities across Alameda County, uh, people who uh, for whom you know this was a priority and and showed up, went, and got. Uh, their vaccines, um, first and foremost, right? I think, uh, you know, we, we could certainly claim some credit at, at the public health department, but part of what this is about is, you know, who lives in Alameda County and decisions that, that they made is, uh, you know, for themselves and for their communities. And so I think that's probably the most important thing across the whole Bay Area. We've seen communities, you know, share in this value and this priority. Um, so that's why there, there are just such high vaccination rates here compared to a lot of places. Uh, uh, and then, um, you know, my hat is off to my colleagues at, at the health department and our healthcare services agency for just working tirelessly, really from starting in November, just about a year ago, um, right as we heard uh, the first uh, vaccine was coming to um create uh, systems and clinics and procedures to get vaccine, to store vaccine, to get it out to providers and, and get it into um, people's arms. And that was a, just a, a quite a heavy lift. It, it goes on to this day, but um, certainly we were uh, you know, doing a lot of, of uh, vaccinations uh, in the early days. Um, I think the partnership with uh, the federal government and the state government at the Oakland Coliseum, you know, that had a big impact here locally. A lot of people were able to access vaccine, not just from Alameda County, but from across the region. And um, and I think that really gave us a, a leg up. Not every part of the U.S. had access to a to a, a clinic like that. We had some other mass vaccine sites in the county that helped. 
certainly the support of our healthcare system and, and, and I would say community organizations and others who really work to you know, spread the word and help get people's questions answered, get them in the door and get vaccines. So all of that stuff contributed. And, um, and I, I'm glad we're in the place that we're at. Still some more work to do though. Of course. Yeah, of course. And so obviously, initially, when the vaccine came out, you know, early spring, um, vaccine rates were uh, extremely high. And we're, we're plateauing a little bit, but still little by little, we're, 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 we're going up in, in uh, vaccine status. Where, what's Alameda County's goal? Um, obviously, in an ideal world, anybody that, uh, who really needed the vaccine would have it, maybe even 100% vaccination rate uh, in a perfect world. But what's, what's Alameda County's uh, goal, uh, the, the end game? Yeah, uh, you know, uh, we, we would love it if everyone who is eligible to receive a vaccine was vaccinated. But um, when, uh, and, and I think you mentioned this in your, in your comments before, but um, so we, uh, we set criteria to relax our mask rules. And the criteria we used there was 80% of the total population uh, fully vaccinated. And, um, and I, I, I think we, can and will get beyond that. Um, uh, that number is not a magic number. We don't know what mm -hmm. the magic number and probably even with very high rates of vaccination, COVID's going to be around, right? It's going right. to continue circulating right. around the world. Um, there are places where less people are vaccinated and we know that vaccinated people can get COVID. Uh, so it's not, right. you know, that perfect uh, wall. Um, it's, it's much better at preventing uh, severe disease, death, those um, worse outcomes than preventing every single infection. So for those reasons, there, there probably isn't a place where it's, you know, we've just shut the door completely on COVID. Um, but certainly up above 80%, especially when you consider that um, there's also people in Alameda County who've uh, been infected before, mm. that probably gets us to the place where it's harder for um, uh, you know, our healthcare system to get overwhelmed. And uh, maybe, maybe with, you know, uh, um, with enough people vaccinated, and again, not sure where that number is, you know, stopping uh, these, these waves, getting to a place where there's some COVID being spread, but we don't have these sort of waves where there's um, thousands of cases in, in a short period of time. So, uh, so, uh, so that I think is, um, you know, somewhere, uh, above 80%, uh, I think we're, we're in a place where we can, we can avoid the worst outcomes in our, in our healthcare system, uh, and potentially protect a lot of our most vulnerable community members. But, um, certainly, um, you know, we're not going to stop. We're going to continue to work to get people vaccinated. And, uh, and as you mentioned, you know, that, the after early increases now that the numbers move up a lot slowly, but, um, but we're still doing the work, working with community partners, you know, trusted voices, going door to door in some neighborhoods, trying to get people's questions answered. And, and as long as we can get people um, vaccinated, we think we're, we're contributing to the health of our communities. Awesome. And um, just to, so you, we recently saw that the, the criteria was posted on, on the uh, website uh, and it shows kind of what the goal is and where we're at. Currently, we're only meeting the hospitalizations um, and our vax, uh, it says that we're currently at 73.84% fully vaccinated. Is that because we added in the 5 to 11? 
Yeah, it's actually everyone. So, so for that, uh, 70, we'll call it 74%. Uh, that is 74% of all County residents. And so that the number you quoted earlier, that that's the 12 and up, we're actually going to update our dashboard to, um, to be consistent with the mask, uh, metric. Uh, so we're going to just look at the whole population of Alameda County what proportion of people are fully vaccinated and and um and so that's actually 74 percent right now and that is people two weeks out from their uh okay. last vaccine dose right so um, we have more, more people who just just got their you know finished their vaccine series yesterday um, but for the masking uh metric we really want people two weeks out so um, so that also is part of why the numbers uh, look different. And, and I know this is like so many things in COVID, uh, these numbers uh, can get confusing. And, and certainly we bear some responsibility for that. But we're trying to distill it down to that one number. This is our, you know, this is the proportion of people in Alameda County, the percent of our total population that's been vaccinated against COVID. Awesome. And then I want to kind of dive into each one of these individually, uh, starting with the hospitalizations. Um, I, me personally, I've been sort of keeping up not only with Alameda County's daddy, data, but, you know, data from from different states. And um, over the past few months, we've seen some critics of the hospitalization metric, um, a piece in the Atlantic specifically, uh, I found interesting and something I never had asked myself before is whether or not these numbers are possibly inflated because of the difference between um, hospitalized with COVID or because of COVID. Um, how is, is is Alameda County taking that into account? Um, would the hospitalizations really be that different? What are your thoughts on those uh, on those critiques? Yeah, so uh, uh, this is a great question and, and I think uh, an important issue because um, we actually don't do surveillance for hospitalizations for COVID in the same way we do it for cases. So every single COVID case that's diagnosed by a medical provider or a laboratory, home testing, some of them get reported, but a lot of them don't. But anything that happens through a lab or a medical provider, that gets reported. And that is how we you know, have a sense of how many COVID cases are out there. We know there are more cases. We know that is not a complete number, um, but it's very useful when you're looking at trends, uh, especially when there's a lot of testing going on. Hospitalizations, we don't do that. You, healthcare providers are not required to call the health department and say, hey, we just admitted a person for COVID. Um, what they are required to do is give information uh, to the state of California every day on the number of people in the hospital with COVID and some other metrics, some other useful information, how many people were newly admitted, how many people tested mm -hmm. positive, that kind of thing. That is very, very useful information. But it is true. It is not the same as saying, hey, this person got admitted to the hospital yesterday and they were diagnosed with COVID infection. Um, now, the CDC does have projects around the country, the COVIDnet project, where they do actually attempt uh, to collect that kind of data. It's not every hospitalization in the country, but it does provide us um, on a national level and, and even in California, uh, a sense of what the burden of hospitalizations is. And, and, and th those numbers are often very consistent with each other. But it is true. We've known this for a long time. Some of the people in our daily hospitalization numbers here in Alameda County are people who went in because they needed to have an elective surgery, hip replacement or whatever. 
they got tested and they tested positive for COVID, but they are not being hospitalized for COVID pneumonia. Um, I think my answer to that critique is really that when we've been using these numbers, we have been looking at trends and there is no question when those numbers go up, our hospitals are strained. Yeah. Our healthcare workers are strained. I get on the phone with the uh, heads of the hospitals. We have um, you know, a, a pretty large system here in Alameda County, a lot of healthcare sure. facilities. Yeah. And I hear what it's like. And, uh, you know, I, it's, there is no way that, uh, that we are overrepresenting the burden on our healthcare system. People are in the intensive care unit with COVID. They are taxing our healthcare workers to this day. Um, so um, I, I think there are issues and challenges with all of our COVID metrics and numbers. But the bottom line is that when you look at the trends, they've really borne out in terms of telling us what's going on with the population. They've correlated with where we've seen waves of death. And I think that um, with, you know, as long as we're consistent in how we look at things, that is useful information. It is useful for me to know, hey, there's now under 40 people in the hospital in Alameda County, right. even if I know that some of them are, are in there for, for something besides COVID. Um, of course. And the other thing is, you know, I think for public health surveillance in normal times, we actually don't even, you know, it's months or even a year before we sort of really try to digest the numbers for what's, what's been going on. This idea of, you know, needing to know what is going on in real time so we can, you know, quickly pivot and make adjustments to, um, to protect public health. Uh, you know, that's, that's, that's a feature of the pandemic. And in many ways, it's a good thing. And it's forced us to improve our systems. But, um, but it is not business as usual for public health. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, that's a that's a great clarification. And, um, you know, I don't I don't necessarily side with one side or the other, but um, I, I do understand the concern, at least. And, you know, when people read this, uh, if they if they aren't in healthcare, they say, well, well, that's kind of strange. You know, um, should these numbers be uh, any different? Uh, but so thank you for clarifying sure. that. Um, we are currently. And can I? Uh, and I will. Um, I think it's important to say for deaths, we actually do have a much more in-depth process to attribute okay. the deaths uh, to COVID or not, because I think um, that is actually more sort of traditional surveillance. Th those are reported. Sure. Uh, uh, you know, it's on the death certificate, mm -hmm. and um, it is important for us to capture. Uh, deaths that are due to COVID, because that is really different from somebody who got in a car accident and and um, happened to test positive for COVID because they were infected two or three weeks ago. Um, mm -hmm. That uh, we went through a process with our data back in spring to make sure that our deaths numbers, our death numbers, reflected that to the greatest extent possible. Probably not 100% right. perfect, but I think it's pretty good. And so it's important yeah. really for people to understand that we do make an effort to try to capture the true impact of the pandemic. Um, but um, but uh, certainly there, there, you know, there are places where uh, the systems are simply not perfect. Sure. Thank you for that addition, uh, Dr. Moss. Uh, and currently right now, uh, if we were to sort of translate the goal um, just reading it, we have less than or equal to 3.3% seven-day average of hospital beds of four COVID patients. Right now, we're sitting at 2.1%, uh, like we mentioned before. That's meeting that metric. So what, is that, what does that mean uh, if you were to translate it uh, to, to make it understandable for everybody? 
Sure. And uh, so um, when the uh, Bay Area uh, counties that um, uh, put these uh, criteria together, you know, when when we were um, considering our approach, because the health systems are so different in different counties, I mean, there are, there are counties in the Bay Area and the wider Bay Area that have just a handful of intensive care unit beds. We have something like, you know, 425 in Alameda County. Um, so our health systems are not um, are not interchangeable. They don't even scale, you know, according to the size of, of the populations in the county. Uh, so each um, jurisdiction really needed to make a separate evaluation for their health system. So what we did is we looked at um, where hospitalizations, how low uh, COVID hospitalizations uh, got during periods between surge, um, because we've known um, that uh, if we're down at those levels, we can absorb the kind of uh, uh, burdens on our healthcare system um, that a big COVID wave uh, can throw at us. We we know that okay, if the numbers are down here, uh, we think that that our hospital, our healthcare system can can uh, manage the increases. Um, you know, it doesn't make it easy. Uh, it still means, you know, uh, getting staffed beds in those hospitals. Um, often we're also, because of the way the health system works, we're going to have people from other counties who live in other counties needing to be hospitalized in Alameda County. But that's sort of baked into the approach, right? We know no matter what, with all that other stuff going on, including those people with the knee replacement or car accident who happen to test positive, um, that... Um, in the past, during the pandemic, our hospitals have been able to absorb a surge when they are at uh, a certain level. And so that is where that 3.3%, that's the average bed occupancy of uh, Alameda County healthcare system between surges. Um, and um, it works out, uh, there's about 2,400 hospital beds in Alameda County, give or take. And it depends on what's going on with each hospital, how many staff they have available. Um, so it, it can change a little bit over time. Um, but 3.3% works out to around 80 people in the hospital for COVID. Okay, so and arguably that's, you know, that's a little bit of a high threshold. We're down actually quite a bit from that now. Mm. Um, so we have even more runway to work with. But um, But we thought that that was a as reasonable a metric as any to say our hospitals are, are ready. Sure. Yes. And that's, that's an important metric for, for staff. And I, I know you mentioned uh, it's, it isn't just a bed being taken, but is there the staff um, available to, to, to manage that patient? So um, thank you for the clarification there. Uh, lastly, I want to go into, we, we talked about vaccines, uh, the, the vaccination rate, kind of what, what Alameda County is looking for, uh, hospitalizations, and now transmission. Um, transmission is a little bit different because it does rely on the CDC's um, sort of uh, measurement of where Alameda County is at. Um, and this one is, you know, as you know, as I know, and the listeners know, uh, transmission uh, always brings up masks, and masks are very controversial. Uh, no matter what uh, what uh, what side of the political aisle you um, are with, it's a it's a it's a polarized topic for sure. Um, but we do know that at, at one point where the, they were helpful, and I've I've begged to 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 know um, with such a high vaccination rate, uh, is transmission and keeping the masks in place 
is it is it worth it anymore? Um, and that's not a that's not a critique on Alameda County. I just I see the high and and this is this is also coming from people that I talk to that are listeners um, with such a high vaccination rate. Uh, is this mask doing anything uh, for the community? Um, your thoughts on that? Okay, I think this is a great question. And frankly, people who work in in public policy and health policy, you know, we should be asking ourselves these types of questions all the time, right? We need to be able to justify the things that we do. And um, so first and foremost, uh, you know, from my perspective, and based on the, um, the medical literature on masks during the COVID pandemic, they have really made a difference. And I think they're part of the success of the Bay Area. The question is, when can we move on? And I, I think as fierce as the debate amount around mask has been, we are going to move on. They are not with us forever. I don't know anybody who's in my position who thinks that we're going to be wearing masks forever. And um, there may be people in our communities who want to keep wearing masks. And I think it'll be a good idea if you have the sniffles in 2022 to wear a mask just to you know protect people from whatever it is that you have. Um, but um, the requirements are going to have to go away. So it's really a question of when and not if. Mm. And that is what we were trying to get at with developing the um, the regional criteria for lifting these um, more stringent restrictions. And uh, so in terms of the vaccination numbers, um, you know, we, we landed on uh, 80%. I think, uh, again, there's no magic number. Uh, we don't know um, of a place where we can say it's all over uh, and, and there is no more benefit to masks. Um, but that, uh, especially when you factor in the fact that there are people who've been infected with COVID before, vaccinated or not, uh, probably gets us to a place where, um, you know, we are in, 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 in better shape. Um, could it have been before that? Well, I think here's the concern. First of all, Alameda County is a big county, mm-hmm. even with, uh, you know, 87% of our people over age 12 fully vaccinated, we're still talking about uh, several hundred thousand people not yet vaccinated in Alameda County. And 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 many of them may never get vaccinated. So um, now some of them may have had COVID, they may be partially protected, or some of them may partially protected against severe disease. Um, others will not be protected at all. And you know, this, what we experienced this summer at a time where we thought we were better protected than, than we ended up being is a, a, a big wave of COVID. And if winter is going to be worse, I think we owe it to our communities to be cautious and not race to remove the masks while we might be facing, uh, you know, a difficult winter with the, um, the Delta variant. Now, what we have done here in Alameda County, as you know, is we've added some um, exceptions, some situations where if everybody is uh, fully vaccinated up to 100 people, um, sort of controlled settings that masks can't come off. But the fact is that probably even in those settings, because we know vaccinated people can get COVID and can pass it on, that, that there probably can will be COVID spread in those settings. What is less likely to happen is you're just unlikely to see somebody get hospitalized or die um, because they were exposed in those settings because we know they were vaccinated. And so I don't think the county as a whole is at a place where we aren't going to see hospitalizations and even some deaths this winter. But I think we are um, um, 
uh, at a place where in some settings the mask uh, can come down um, as long as uh, we're really doing our best to make sure that uh, vaccinated people are there. And then uh, in really, I think, a rather short time, we're going to get a sense of what this winter looks like. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I don't think we're going to be at a place where we're asking people to wear masks, at least um, vaccinated people in the general public um, uh, at all times too much longer. They might still be a good idea, but but the requirements will go away. Now, schools are a different story. That's done at the state. Mm. Um, we're really going to defer to the state in terms of making sure that kids are um, able to be in school with their, um, you know, minimizing the disruptions due to COVID. Um, but but even there, you know, it, it's not going to be there forever. Um, and um, and I, I think in Alameda County, um, the other thing is part of the reason that we are where we are. We have some of the lowest case rates in the country. That's because of masks. Right. So when people say, well, you know, like, shouldn't they come off? Well, well, yes, I think we are getting to that place. But also the reason that we've had the successes that we've had is not just vaccination, but also that people have really embraced masks here um, in a way that hasn't been uh, I, certainly not uniform across the country. But it's not forever. Sure. And I just want to, you know, just a few minutes remaining, uh, just to be mindful of your schedule. I just want to finish up with with a quick thought based on what you what you just told me is there, there is a uh, even when the, the, the mask mandate was temporarily lifted, uh, mask adherence was still pretty high. Uh, you know, me personally, I was vaccinated when it was lifted. And so I didn't really feel that I was at any particular uh, danger of getting it. So I didn't wear a mask when I was out when it was lifted. And but I was I was part of the minority. I mean, I was probably outnumbered one to five at best, uh, one out of 10 at, at worst. Um, have have we embraced masks so much uh, that we're starting to do things that really aren't that helpful? For example, uh, I, if I go out for a, a run, um, I'm, I'm still outnumbered when I, I mean, I don't wear a mask outdoors and I see people uh, wearing masks uh, and at least to my knowledge, and I could be wrong, um, there is really no transmission outdoors. Um, have we set a precedent in Alameda County that um, we need to go beyond the mark and start doing things that maybe aren't really working? Your thoughts on that? Well, first of all, I think you never know. Maybe that person is feeling a little under the weather. Maybe that person right. has a health condition that makes them feel more nervous about um, their COVID risk. Maybe that person was exposed. And so they're vaccinated and exposed, but they feel like there's a chance they could uh, you know, they can go out and about, but they, they just want to make sure they don't infect anybody else because they've had this uh, recent exposure. Um, so there are situations um, where it where it actually would be consistent with recommendations. But um, but I agree. I think there's a lot of people still wearing masks outdoors that really there's uh, no risk of COVID. And and um, and people are going to uh, have different journeys to get to that place where they feel more comfortable um, taking their mask down. I, I, um, I don't, you know, from my perspective, um, uh, it's okay. People are gonna, um, uh, gonna move at their own pace. Um, you know, we are trying to balance, you know, making sure people understand where the risks are really substantial. 
uh, and and where they are lower. And 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 outdoors, uh, we have really seen with COVID, the risk is is lower. So um, you know there are limited situations where outdoors where I think people do need to be more careful. Um, but we we do make clear and, and remind people when we have the chance that um, in fact. That's why we tell people to move things outdoors. Uh, you know, we're going into the holiday season. I know it's colder. We might see a little bit of rain, uh, but uh, doing things outdoors as much as possible is going to be much safer. And so, um, so I, I think we try to capture that in our messaging. Um, it will take time for some people. Uh, I certainly, you know, you hear a lot of things in the press, but you know, I look at the the scientific literature as much as I can. I, there, I do not see harms. Um, if people are choosing to wear a mask outdoors when they don't need to, um, I don't think that's going to cause them any harm. And, and, and people will come to that place when they are ready. Um, and I think that you will see, I know that people, um, you know, it was a confusing time early in the summer. Um, but I do think when, when these mask restrictions fall away, maybe it'll take a few weeks, maybe it'll take a month in some places, but the masks are going to be used less often. People will, Mm. you know, at their own pace, maybe, but they'll get to a place where they're they're going to use the mask less and less. Um, what I do hope is that we have created a norm where when masks really are useful, people are ready to embrace them again, at least here in Alameda County. I know it's been very hard, even for people who support mask use, um, but, um, but uh, they are going to be less and less a part of our lives, I think, in 2022. Um, but maybe people will reach for them when they're sick. Sure. Well, um, thank you so much for your time. Is there anything else that you want Alameda County residents to know? Um, any final words for them? Uh, not, I, I don't mean to say final words like it's uh, you're, you're going to your death, but uh, any any final messages for for the residents? Yeah, I sure hope not. I've been vaccinated. So I think, I'm, you know, at least it's not going to be COVID. Um, sure. I uh, first of all, uh, I'm grateful to you for having me on. I Really appreciate the opportunity to speak to our residents, maybe people who are listening to your podcast, but aren't necessarily hearing our messages in other places. And um, and uh, I'm also, as always, uh, so grateful to uh, our community members, uh, the people who have you know put up with all these restrictions, have put up with um, uh, just the pandemic itself and the disruptions it has caused. Um, yeah, I think residents of Alameda County have really shown what as a community can be achieved in the face of something like this. And we never did anything as um, you know draconian as some of what you've seen overseas. And I don't think we ever will have to, um, but people did put up with a lot. And I think as, as a result of that, we have had fewer people die. We've had fewer people in the hospital, you know, given our size. And, um, and, and um, that is really a testament more than anything to uh to to the work of of county residents and 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 their sacrifices so so that that's i always like to leave people with that message because i mean i get to sort of talk about this stuff and be out in front and in the media whatever but it's it's honestly it's the work of our of our residents um that have got us to this place absolutely so we thank you for that and uh again this was dr nicholas moss uh alameda county public health officer we want to thank him for his time and uh, we hope you have a good uh, good weekend dr moss thank you so much for having me it was a real pleasure absolutely have a good one